You're listening to The Streaming Wars, the podcast that discusses all of the latest happenings regarding your favorite streaming services. Find out which service is winning the war this time around. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of The Streaming Wars. Uh, I'm Dustin, and joining me as usual is Tony, and today we're bringing you the next current state of episode which is uh this time around we're gonna be focusing on amazon last episode we focused on netflix and uh this time around we're gonna be focused on amazon which as many of you are probably aware is way bigger than just a streaming uh, service um it's actually very interesting as uh, i was looking into you know doing a little bit of research prior to this to find out some of the specific stats that we talked about when we were doing the netflix episode you know netflix is a company that you know, when you compare Amazon, Amazon as a company that is unlike Netflix, has is is so much more than a streaming service. Netflix, while they still, I think they still deliver DVDs to people. I, I'm actually pretty sure that they do. It's just they they don't obviously do it to very many people. They are very focused on their you know their streaming service, while Amazon, on the other hand, is a very very large online retailer which also focuses um, a lot of their different energies on different aspects of the tech industry as well and just one of the things that they happen to focus on is the streaming side of things but there's a lot of differences between Amazon's service and Netflix's service which we'll get into but you had actually brought up right before we started talking or before we started recording about um, you know, the current situation with some of these large tech companies being broken up. Yeah. Um, under the new, well, under the, under Congress, there's been a big push to, uh, especially a lot of the presidential candidate comp- uh, candidates like Elizabeth Warren, there's been a big push to split up these big tech companies. I think she's called to split up like Amazon and Facebook or whatever. But if you look at the, these comp- these big tech firms, right? These, these big ones for the United States, you look at Facebook, Google, and Amazon. You can't really split up Google because it's essentially at the end of the day, it's all about its ads. It's about its ads business. So if you break apart all these little sub businesses, it doesn't really matter. You know, Facebook, pretty much the same thing. You know, it's basically advertising. Amazon's an interesting company because it, if you, Amazon does so much more than just two day shipping. Yeah, you got you know it. it you have the the actual marketplace. You know, you can buy stuff. They also make clothes and other items that are, you know, kind of the top hits. It's actually kind of why Amazon's being investigated. So they have like their own like merchandise business. They also basically kind of like eBay and offer you a space to sell stuff. Um, there's AWS, which powers like a good chunk of the internet. You know, they they host a bunch of servers and whatnot. That I know Netflix actually uses AWS, uses Amazon's servers for their for their streaming. It's pretty interesting how intertwined those two companies are. Um, then you got Prime, right, which is specifically two-day shipping. You know, that's what it started out with. Then all these extra gifts. So there's like Prime Music, which is unlimited music. There's Prime Video, which is kind of what we're talking about, the, the streaming, you know, video side of it. And there's a couple other things that I don't really use, but that are there. They're not that common, but... Yeah, Amazon is a crazy huge business, and you know if you you could split those like little tiny pieces apart, and they'd still be pretty profitable. It's very, it's very interesting, and it's why Amazon's an interesting company to to look at. It's an interesting case study because it's not 
you know, a true media company. It's not dependent on, you know, really, yeah, no one has to actually, actually even watch these prime video shows and it's not like Amazon would care, you know, like that's, that's the interesting part of it all is that Amazon's just doing this as a way to another way to entice you to get prime, but you know, they don't really care. It's not, it's not hurting them. You know, they can eat that cost. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's actually really interesting because they actually eat the cost a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the shows initially when they started prime, a lot of the shows that they had, they didn't last more than a season or two because they didn't really find their footing. I mean, recently they've been doing a lot more Amazon original movies. Um, but like you said, they're in so many different industries. Uh, not only are they in the stuff that you mentioned, but they also own Comixology, which is a digital platform that distributes comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have their own uh, Amazon publishing company, um, which publishes books, Audible. amongst other things. They have Audible, and they have Audible Originals, which creates uh, books specifically on, in audio form. Um, they own Twitch, they own Whole Foods right now, and they own Zappos, which is a shoe store, uh, or online shoe oh, yeah. store. They own insane amount of like small things but honestly when you look at the stuff that they own it all comes back to you know they were originally an online retailer and they've tried to figure out ways of expanding their business and some of these things that they've expanded into are not typical things that a retailer would but then again you could also look at a company like walmart which is also an obviously a large retailer who got into kind of the video side of the digital side of things with the 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 uh, company voodoo which they also own which i don't think a lot of people know that uh, voodoo is actually owned by uh, walmart and that's an online retailer where you can purchase movies and that is one of the few outside retailers that is linked into movies anywhere which is a whole nother topic that we could talk about at a different time but the, the point is, these companies, they know that, you know, a lot, especially the brick-and-mortar stores like Walmart, they have to figure out ways of adapting their business. Amazon has always been online, and they've been very successful. Um, going back to kind of the stats for the company. So Amazon's been around since the mid-'90s. They are, when you compare them in price to any of these other companies we're going to be talking about, there's very little comparison. They're very high up there. Uh, currently, their entire value is is over 162 billion dollars. Their stock price is insane. It's it's almost it's over 1,700 dollars a share currently. Their subscriber rate just for the Prime service for Prime Video, which while we are specifically talking about Prime Video, keep in mind that there are people like Tony said that are not subscribing to prime for the video content they're subscribing for the two-day shipping the prime video and the prime music and any of the other incentives that amazon offers those are all things that amazon just tacks on to like make it more worth your while to make sure you subscribe to their service they have currently um as of june they have over 105 million customers that are subscribed to amazon prime um, and obviously, Amazon also has a limited footprint when it comes to countries. While they're, they are. I was just about to yeah, ask that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not completely international. They're not like uh, Netflix, where Netflix has, you know, basically the services available in almost every country across the across the globe. Nef Amazon is not like that. They're primarily focused here in the states. Uh, they have, uh, I believe, they're in in some countries in in the, in Europe, but I don't 
think that they're in Asia at all. And Asia obviously is a huge market. Do you have those numbers? I'm sorry. Uh, Do you have those numbers broken down by region, or is it just like globally? I don't know if it's yeah. That's just yeah. That's just a global number that I have. When I and I'll and when if you look at the show notes that we have over on the the site. The well, well, I'll provide the the link to where I'm getting these subscribers, just like I did for the Netflix one. But basically, um, the the numbers that we're we're getting from are from uh, Stat Statista, um, which is a website that keeps track of all kinds of e-commerce subscriber counts and things like that. Um, pretty much every service that we're going to be talking about here, um, this website tracks. So uh, that is one thing to. Um, to keep to keep an eye on because it's been growing. So at the beginning of 2019, I remember hearing that they had surpassed over 100 million um, subscribers, and they're just slowly building. It's not they're not growing by leaps and bounds, but to be quite honest, they don't need to. They you know it's a, it's a different service. But the, the of course the interesting the real interesting thing about this all is that when you look at how much they actually charge per month, they have a set fee. Regardless of all of this extra extra stuff, including the Prime Video that you actually get, so you have uh, it's either twelve ninety nine per month, or you can pay upfront for a year for one hundred and twenty. And what's really interesting about that is that that comes out if you pay by year to ten dollars a month, which is cheaper than Netflix is. And while they're not offering as much content as Netflix by any means, you also are still getting the the shipping, which is primarily why a lot of people subscribe to the service. And you're also getting a lot of this other added stuff that they they offer as well. So it's interesting because while they are not that far off of, I mean, they're only about 50 million less than Netflix. There's a lot of people who are subscribing to the service for other reasons other than the streaming side of things. So Amazon has the capability where if they had some really big hits, and especially this year, they've released a couple of new shows The Boys, Carnival Row, there's a lot of uh, critical talk about those. Uh, Amazon also. <clears throat> had a had a, a bunch of shows that were nominated for Emmys recently. So there's a lot of shows that are going, you know, there's a lot of shows that will pique people's interest once they hear about them. And then once they realize, oh, wait, this is a service I already have that's free, it's a platform that is just basically there for the ability to grow, in my opinion. Yeah, I remember hearing about Amazon Prime Video with Men in the High Castle, which is an interesting concept of the show where in this alternate universe, the Germans actually won World War II. And they actually conquered half the United States and shared it with Japan. Uh, I tried to get into it, not my thing, but that's when, you know, that was kind of Amazon Prime's House of Cards moment uh, of original content. And like, okay, like Amazon's, Amazon's for real. But their streaming service kind of reminds it, it, to me, it feels more like an HBO and Stars type service where it puts out high quality content, but there isn't a lot. You know, it's, we do these few things, but we do them extremely well. Agreed. And speaking of specific uh, original properties that they've had, so the very first show that they ever launched as their original programming was back in November 2013, which is interesting because that was only wow, it was only uh, eight months after House of Cards season one premiered on Netflix. Um, but their first couple shows they didn't last very long. So the first two shows that they had were Betas and Alpha House. Um, both of those series have ended. They were comedies. Um, I've actually seen Alpha House. Um, I've seen it was basically the story of a bunch of uh, congressmen 
who basically uh, roommate were roommates in a building within in within Washington D.C. were of the same party and things, and kind of like a satire on the idea of how the political system works and how these different people at different points in their career, whether they've been in for a long time or they're a brand new congressman, how their lives work. I thought it was a really cool show. It was the first show I ever actually watched on Amazon Prime, um, but it wasn't right when it launched. I didn't even actually even know about Amazon Prime for years, and I think Man in High Castle was one of the first series that I remember hearing about that piqued my interest and that I watched when it first came out, because that's really what it takes. It takes a show to really pique your interest, and I agree with you in the sense of it is very much like HBO. They have content that that uh, they 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 do really well with making and they put effort into it and there's not a lot of it i don't think there's very many episodes or very many seasons of any series that has been more than 10 or 8 episodes most of their seasons run for 8 episodes but it's really interesting because also there's very few shows that have ever been that have ever gone longer than 2 seasons when you look at the vast majority of the shows that they've had um, either you've got shows that are just starting off, where they're obviously on their first, they've only had one season, but then a lot of the shows they only have two or you know one or two seasons because they're very particular about whether or not they renew the stuff. Um, some of their most critically acclaimed shows, um, Transparent, Mozart in the Jungle, uh, these are shows that uh, have gotten a lot of awards, um, but they are both ended as of now. So. There's other shows, Goliath, Bosch, they've been around. Uh, Bosch is one of the longest-running ones that's got five seasons. Man in High Castle will have its final season this year. But a lot of these shows, unlike Netflix, which has series, that they have more series that have lasted longer. Let's just put it that way. Um, but it's interesting because you, when you look at the list of their original content, which, again, the link will be in the show notes if you're interested in taking a look at it. But if you look at the the list compared to the list of original programming by Netflix, it really does look like Netflix throws a bunch of stuff at the wall and tries to see what sticks. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't get more than one season, but there's a lot of stuff that they give two or three seasons and then it gets canceled. But then there's also a large space between their seasons as well. Amazon... Their list of original programming is much, much smaller as far as what they're what they're producing. It's it's incredibly small. But I did say earlier, you know, their one thing that they are doing is they are making a lot of original movies, and a lot of their movies get picked up by a lot of different. Uh, well, they unlike Netflix, their model for the releasing their movies is very different. Their model is that. While it says Amazon Studios is the company that is, you know, producing it or whatever, it does go to theaters, it does a full theatrical run, and then they will come to DVD, they'll be available on DVD, available on all online retailers, and then eventually they'll come to Amazon Prime as an exclusive for their digital service, but you can still purchase them on disc in physical form if you wanted to, you could still see the movies in theaters. Netflix is very particular about releasing their stuff in theaters. They only do that with uh, with uh, films that they believe actually have the ability to have a run to award season. And they haven't had a great amount of luck with that. Uh, but at the same time, Netflix also has... Um, they, they don't distribute their stuff on, on physical disc. Maybe they do for their, their rental service, but... As far as I know, everything that they have that's original films is just available on streaming. So it's a very different model in that sense. 
Bezos' whole goal is for people to use Amazon for everything. It, it's the same kind of thing for Facebook. Like Facebook wants to be the platform for everything. Amazon wants to be the platform for everything. And if that's the case, you know, it's you know they do shopping, groceries. You know, the Amazon Alexa, which I'm scared death of, and it's ironic because I work in the tech field. Like, you know, Amazon wants to be everywhere, and they also want to be on your TVs and, and video. And but the thing is, they don't. They they just want that hundred dollars a year. And so they're not going to put out a bunch of content because that's going to, you know, that's, it's not efficient. It's not, you know, it's, it's not physically responsible, but they can crank out a couple of few like high end decent shows. And that's an extra incentive for us to get, you know, prime. It's, you know, like, Oh, you know, I like two day shipping, you know, that's kind of nice, you know, um, you know, like, is it really worth it? Is, is it an extra two or three days actually worth it? Then you're like, Oh, Hey, I can get this show of like man in the high castle or, you know, modes are in the jungle. Like, oh, cool! I'll spend that extra money. You know, it's it's another thing for people to give them money. So I think it's I think it's a great strategy of of not playing Netflix's game and playing a different game. Kind of playing that HBO stars type role of you know we're gonna create good content and a lot of it, but the stuff we're gonna make is is pretty it's pretty awesome. And they can afford to to given the war chest and given how diverse their business you know overall is. They have enough money to to go after high, um, uh, really expensive content. I think they paid, they won the bidding war for the Lord of the Rings um, TV rights. They're going to create a new TV show, uh, Lord of the Rings, and that was extremely expensive. Um, they, they've had some other things that they bid on that were, were really expensive um, that they, they won. There have been some rumors they would get into, um, like the sports game, which if I'm yeah, if if you don't, sports rights are very expensive, um, especially on a uh, for for like TV and stuff like that. Um, you, there are a couple of years back that uh, you can see ESPN's the deal for ESPN to get I think Monday Night Football and it's just ridiculous and huge. And there have been rumors that Amazon might get into the sports game and and they can afford it too. And that's gonna you know that's very unique for Amazon to be like, hey, you know, we're gonna show NFL games here, we're gonna show NBA games here. That's a very unique strategy. So it. Yeah, Amazon is very unique when you look at the comparison of all these different streaming services. They're not actually trying to grow their streaming business. They're just trying to grow prime business. You know, it's secondary to their main core business plan, which yeah. is weird. It, it is. And the thing is, it really it, it's a really interesting situation in general because Amazon as a company, especially as an online retailer, they're have they have never really been profitable as that's, you know, in that side of things. Um, it wasn't until oh, yeah just recently that they started to make a lot of profit and it had nothing to do with their online retailing it had nothing to do with their streaming service it had nothing to do with you know amazon prime and the amount of subscribers they had it all had to do with the amazon web services that's where they make their profit um their profits grew yeah, shareholders for the, yeah share, shareholders for the longest time were frustrated with amazon because like they were a growing business people were using it um, but it was always, you know, losing money. Now it wasn't like hemorrhaging money, but it, it was, it, it was losing money. And so it was, it was an interesting story for the longest time where it's finally now become profitable. And now they're going to spend all that money on, uh, on, on TV shows and stuff. So yeah, for, yeah, Amazon for the non-streaming part of Amazon, you know, for a different show for a different time. Amazon's a very interesting company, and it's one of those few companies that have been successful for not making a profit until like the last five years. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting. And when you look at it, uh, so. so the article that I'm going to uh, 
post on the show notes is from CNBC, and it basically talks about how this is from earlier this year in February. They were talking about how in Amazon posted record profit in 2018, and their profit was actually $10 billion um, compared to the $3 billion that they actually profit, they profited from the previous year in 2017. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of their computing services. It specifically states that they weren't even recording any pop profit until 2016. And the sudden influx of all this extra money is because of their cloud computing division and a lot of the advertising and third-party sellers, uh, This that, that area of what they do as well that has been bringing in more profit. So it's, it's really interesting because... You know, if they didn't get into cloud computing, they would be a completely different company and their shares would probably not be anywhere near as much as worth what they're worth now. I, I have an interesting proposition, um, a question. Do you think that the rise of streaming has increased Amazon's you know overall profitability? And it's not because of Prime Video, it's because of users like Netflix and other companies that host you know their streaming services on AWS. So they're indirectly already, you know, profiting from this new streaming age. Oh, definitely. I do, think, do you find that funny and interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a secret that if you know the the a streaming service, let's say like Netflix, for example, they have to have servers based somewhere, and they have to be paying money. And the company who they're paying the money to, it just happens to be potentially using some of that money they're making from Netflix to go create a, original content that is going to directly compete with Netflix. I find that amusing. Um, it's it's. It's an interesting situation, and honestly, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in, in, at the end of this year once they post their profit. Because let's say their profit goes up another, you know, ten million, and suddenly they've got twenty billion dollars of profit this year, and that might be a far fetched. I'm not real caught up exactly as to where they're at and things. Uh, the we all know that uh, the Q3 reports and stuff will be coming very soon here. But it'll be interesting to see where they're at because if they actually are, you know, because let's be honest, the profit they made in 2017 more than doubled in 2018. So it's entirely possible that we could be seeing $20 billion in profit in 2019. And then the question is, well, where do they start putting that money? They clearly have been expanding a lot in the last couple of years. You've seen Amazon stop using the Postal Service and UPS, and they've started to deliver a lot of their own products in and create their own, basically their own um, delivery service within a lot of the higher populated metropolitan areas. Um, and that's not something you can just, it's not something that a lot of companies just have the ability to just fund. But Amazon has. Uh, you see occasionally when you're flipping through YouTube and you're watching videos and stuff, you'll occasionally see advertisements for Amazon coming up. I've seen, I think it was on, I think it was on YouTube. It might have been on television, but there was a commercial where there was this, there was this female worker who was talking about how she's in charge of all these robots that work in a warehouse and the robots go around and, you know, and she's in charge of just maintaining these 100 robots every single day. And I was thinking to myself, they wouldn't have had the money to have these robots if it wasn't for some of this stuff. Like if it wasn't for the profit that they're getting from these other things, like the cloud computing services that they are 
basically getting money from a lot of these other tech companies. If it wasn't for that, there's no way that they could be putting the money into some of this other stuff to better their you know, their online retail business to better some of the other services that they're offering as well. I mean, I'm sure there's some of the profits going back into Amazon Studios and some of the television shows that they're ordering and things like that. So it's interesting as a whole because, the, you know, the other companies are basically funding Amazon to go and create, not directly, obviously, but indirectly, they are funding Amazon to go create content that is ultimately going to compete with them. Yeah, and they they also get essentially a discount for for streaming for for Amazon Prime. They don't have to pay. I mean, they they kind of do, but you know they're going to pay you know uh, uh, at cost of what it takes to 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 stream this content. You know, they're not paying these extra fees. They're not paying an outside provider to host their content and to stream and and to do everything. You know, like Netflix. You know, all yeah. I mean, Netflix. Disney, this new HBO uh, content, you know, NBC, they're all going to be dependent on somebody else to host their content and bandwidth costs are crazy and huge. And that's a totally different discussion, but Amazon, they don't have to do that. They, they can pay at cost. You know, if you watch, um, you know, every time there's a new Marvel movie or Star Wars movie, um, there's, they always release one of their biggest trailers during the Monday night football game on ESPN because Disney owns ESPN and they don't have to pay for that ad price. They don't have to pay for that commercial time. So they can release their newest trailer and basically pay for nothing. So, I mean, it's the same thing for Amazon of how, yeah, they get it two ways. One, since they already host, you know, they have the servers, they don't need to go pay other people to rent them. And then also other people are renting their servers and then they can, you know, get that money from them. And another thing that is not mentioned that Amazon is kind of being accused of. So there's a bunch of different types of software. One of them is is called open source where anyone can use it. You know, you don't have to pay a license. Anyone can use it. Well, Amazon is, is, is kind of getting a little shady because instead of allowing this new open source content, they're basically copying all this stuff and putting it into the AWS services. And so taking that same logic, Amazon sees the web traffic for Netflix in all these different companies and you know they can you know quote unquote copy what these other companies are doing for prime and to get that to work and you know you one could say that's an unfair advantage but one could just say that's smart of they can see all the detailed stats and reports and you know like okay this company's doing this like all right well that's a good idea we should probably do that too you know like it yeah, and to elaborate more it's on what just, you're what, when you say copying, it's not as if they're yeah. legitimately copying the stuff from the servers. What they're doing is they're they're seeing the information, and we all know that a lot of what like Facebook makes their money on is is research. You know, they're tapped into what you do. They want to you know what you like, what you you know how to how to basically target their advertising specifically to you. It's all about the research that they've done on you and then they can basically sell that research you know not not directly but they can sit there and say we can sell this targeted ad that specifically goes to you google does the exact same thing you click on something once you search for something a couple of times and you're going to be seeing banner ads they're you know produced by google ads using those for a really long time because they know that that's what you were searching for before 
That being said, Amazon has the ability, because Netflix runs their information through their service, they have the ability to see, okay, which shows are doing really well, and then not necessarily copy, but more take that information and build on it in the sense of, okay, we know that comedies don't really do very well. That would explain why Netflix hasn't been doing a lot of comedies. Uh, dramas, they do well, so we're going to do more dramas. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of different information that they can get it's all about the 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 value of information in today's world and that's really what it comes down to everybody wants the information and if amazon can get the information by just having these other companies on their servers on top of the fact that the companies are paying them amazon is getting a lot of you know basic inside almost inside information to compete with a lot of these other companies because they know things that other companies wouldn't know because they're not the provider of services for them. Yeah, I wasn't trying to, to indicate that there's, you know, you know, copying. It's hard to do air quotes in a podcast. Right, and exactly. I should have been a little bit more explicit. But, but yeah, it, Amazon's such a unique uh, – we can go on forever on this. But another thing that's important is, you know, if you look at Amazon, all these small businesses, they all feed into each other. Two weeks ago, there's – Amazon had this big announcement. They were pushing out a bunch of hardware – where Alexa was in everything, you know, home speakers, smart locks. I, I don't know. It it having a having a speaker listen to you at all the time kind of scares me. So I just kind of tuned that part out. But yeah, they're making all this like smart home technology. Well, what do you think that does? It's you know, hey Alexa, play Prime. You know, play the boys that came out, which is really hit popular. You know, like that smart home business feeds Prime. You know, then okay, like Alexa, I need to go buy some new detergent. You know. That feeds into the marketing play, the marketplace. Like Amazon's just has all these pieces that you know feed into each other. Where it's it is kind of a if you forget you know outside market forces, its whole company supports all its little sub branches. You know that that adds even to more stability, and they can take even more risks on higher budget shows and in, in, in content. Yeah, and then on top of that, the other part of it is is the a lot of their technology that they offer. Their tablets, their the 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 dots, all of the Alexa products, all of the smart home stuff that's specifically Amazon branded. All that technology is is very very less expensive than a lot of the other companies out there. And the reason why is because they're looking at it from just getting your product, getting their product in your house by any means necessary. If it means they have to slash the price and they're actually losing money to get that into your house, they don't care. Amazon has always been from the very beginning of the company about getting you to be a loyal customer. And by doing that, and especially with these smart products, getting the smart products into houses, you're going to use the service. You're going to use their their other services that they offer as well. You're going to buy more items on Amazon if you're using the Alexa to order things than you would otherwise not be. That's just what would happen. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, they're looking at this. They can slash the price on the, the technology, and in turn, it gets it in, and then they can see the profit in the long in the long haul. And the long-term side of things is that Amazon, clearly, they played a long game for a long time where they weren't really making profit. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. But the thing is, they're in it for just getting you as a customer. And as long as you're a customer and as long as you're using them, in the long term, it will be profitable for them, especially as more and more people continue to use Amazon and so forth and so on. 
So it's a really interesting uh, situation with Amazon. The one other thing I want to quickly bring up before we wrap out this episode is that the one thing that makes Amazon uniquely or Amazon Prime Video very uniquely different than a lot of the other streaming services is that you can actually purchase things on Amazon too. Um, digital copies of movies and TV shows, things that are not available within, you know, just the confines of a streaming service. You can actually, it's one of the few retailers that again is connected to movies anywhere, which means all of the movies that you purchase uh, through any online retailers connected through movies anywhere, and then can port into any of the other retailers websites as well, including the Amazon. So if you have, if you purchase a bunch of uh, movies on Apple or you purchase a bunch of, or I should say on iTunes, and you purchase a lot of stuff on, um, let's say, Vudu or, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other retailers, but I'm going blank here. But anyway, if you purchase a lot of these uh, these digital products on other sites, and you can bring them over to Amazon too, and it works right alongside all of your stuff that is streaming as well. So you could have your entire video uh, library on Amazon in addition to it. And that's a huge difference too, because while you are limited on the original content that they do have, because they're not producing as much as someplace like Netflix, the ability to connect your own personal digital library that you have to the service, it just enhances it. Because if you're ever looking for something that you already own, you can watch it. I've talked about before about how I switched all my movies over to digital years ago and the reality of it is when they when the studios well majority of the studios came together to join to create movies anywhere it was a really good idea but was more telling which was what retailers were actually allowed to be part of the system that was all part of the the big group of retailers that could share share their you know their purchases between each other and Amazon was one of them and when you look at it, we'll get to, you know, eventually when we talk about Apple, we'll be talking about how they they have something very similar as well, where you can purchase things through Apple, uh, through the iTunes store and things like that. And it's very similar, but Amazon and Apple are the only ones of the group of all the services that we're going to be covering on a, on a major basis that has the ability for you to purchase things in addition to just streaming things. And it's a very interesting differentiate a, a difference between them and some of the other services. I just want to make sure I brought that up before we wrap out the episode. Uh, I got a question. So I know that sometimes when I try to look to buy some digital content, um, some of these services, some, they don't play well with different studios. So does Amazon, you know, prime video, does that work with every studio? Because sometimes like I can't get like CBS content or Sony or you, you know what I'm talking about? Right. So, Generally speaking, if it's available in a digital format somewhere, you can purchase it on Amazon. Now, whether or not it'll work somewhere okay. else is a different story. Um, CBS is obviously in conjunction with Paramount, which is owned by Viacom. They are one of the few studios that's not part of Movies Anywhere. So a lot of their content isn't going to transfer between the different services. Um, you can ha have a digital copy of something, th you know, through the the given website that they designate theirs but until they actually join the group of the other studios which right now consists of universal warner brothers disney fox which is obviously now disney as well uh sony 
those five studios, or four, I should say, because Fox is owned by Disney now, those four studios, um, they're the ones who, you know, launched Movies Anywhere as a as a thing. And, and the entire idea of Movies Anywhere is based around the old Disney Movies Anywhere app that used to exist, where anytime you'd buy a Disney movie, you'd have a digital code that you could access online, but you'd have to, you'd only be able to use it within their own app. They basically enhanced it and then went to these other studios, and I don't know who it was. That that could be a whole episode by itself, too, because that's an interesting thing within the streaming side of things, too, is because a lot of these companies are working hand-in-hand you know, in that regard, and that's not something you typically see either. But, yes, to the, long, the, the short answer of your question is there are certain studios you can, but if you went on to a retailer like Vudu, which is owned by Walmart, they, you can purchase things that are owned by CBS or you can purchase things that are owned by Paramount. They just won't transfer over to another, to another service. So you can't have that purchase that you've done on Vudu also go over to Apple or Amazon or something like that. So basically, you have to come up with whatever retailer you're going to stick with, and then you just purchase your stuff there, and then hope that maybe someday one of you know whatever companies, whatever studios are on the holdouts on those. They are, you know, make their stuff available elsewhere. So, gotcha, gotcha. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Amazon's. If you want, like, uh, yeah, Amazon. We could talk about this for days. For you know, not just for the Prime Video, but for its whole corporate structure. Amazon is just such a unique company in how they're able to leverage their whole entire infrastructure to create such high quality content. And and you know, in the future. More people are gonna, you know, more people will be watching Prime Video, so they're gonna keep creating, you know, great content. And it's, it's, I'm interested to see Amazon's future because are they gonna still stay niche and just do smaller number but very high quality shows that win awards, or they're gonna try to branch out like Netflix and get, you know, more bingeable type content? You know, like what is what is Amazon's place in the streaming market? It's interesting to see what's gonna happen. Yeah. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're going to be talking about this stuff for the foreseeable future with not just Amazon, but obviously all the other companies. Uh, Next time around on the current state of the streaming services, we're going to be talking about Apple TV Plus, which is launching at the beginning of November. So this will be the first one that we won't have as much talk about subscriber rates and um, original content. We'll be able to talk about some of the original content that's coming um, because we obviously have a group of shows that are coming to Amazon or to Apple TV Plus when it launches. Um, But this will be the first service that isn't actually out as we're recording this. So um, it'll be a different group, but that is the next one that we'll be talking about. So with that being said, uh, thank you very much for listening. For Tony and myself, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to The Streaming Wars. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Also consider supporting us on Patreon. Links can be found at thestreaminwars.io.